You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys, and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome back to another shift on the Geek's Watch. This week we are back talking about Russian Doll Season 1 on Netflix. It is We are up to the second episode of the season, and yeah... <laughs> Sweet podcast babies. <laughs> I mean, I literally could not not think about you, Stephen, whenever she says that line now. <laughs> and we hear it a lot. <laughs> I'm so a happy. Lot. I'm, I like Maxine as a character. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. It kind of surprises me. She's kind of a bad person. But she is. It's just like the way that she does stuff, like the part when, um, well, like I, she goes into the party and she's like coming back from having died, and she's like, like when she's getting mad at her, which she does several times in the episode, she comes up. And she's like, "Why are you doing this to me?" And she's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I mean, the listener at home cannot see the thing that Stephen did with his eyes right now when he when he said the line, but it was it was perfect. It was pretty spot on. <laughs> Like you don't even even need that crazy eyeliner. You just naturally have that. It's <laughs> crazy eyes. Uh, okay, yes, we're going to get into the second episode of Russian Doll Season 1. But before that, we're going to get into our week's watch. So, Elizabeth, what did you watch this week? So, this week we started the second season of Jack Ryan on Amazon. Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. I can't remember which streaming service anything is on these days. I just <laughs> point Everything. and click. All things are on streaming services from now on. Yes, and just point <laughs> and click and it'll eventually show up. Uh, so this season takes place and is focused on Venezuela. Um, and it's it does a very good job. Obviously, some names are changed and some particulars are changed because it is still fictional, but it does track the his, the current events down there fairly well. Um, and it catches a lot of the sentiments um, and a lot of the, the back and forth political scheming and the concerns, you know, about greater politics when you're dealing with statecraft. So I find it very interesting. Obviously there's some great action in it, but I I watched Jack Ryan for the the statecraft and the spycraft, um, and this season has a lot of it. So I'm really enjoying it so far. We're in we're three se- three episodes in at Ooh. this point. I'm curious. Did, did you read any of the Ender's Game books, like the extended universe ones? Not the extended universe ones. I read Ender's Game, but okay, uh, but not Ender's Shadow. Or, no, yeah, like they they did a bunch. They even they went 
to where they wrote the story of all the kids who were in battle school and everything and how they went out and essentially affected all of world events after that. And I think they did a really good job with geopolitical strife and events. Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh, yeah. At least Ender's Game was was excellent. So that doesn't surprise me at all. But I'll have to add those back to my list. So I've got quite uh, a list. Okay. Otherwise, I mean, what other, who else is a fan of the Jack Ryan's in intellectual property, I guess? Because it's books, it's uh, video in, games, it's movies, it's TV series now. Has anybody else read any of the books? I haven't read any Jack Ryan books, no. Okay, the books are excellent. The books okay. are excellent. And the, the series, the Amazon series actually does a pretty good job staying true to the the feel of the books and the, and the characterizations in the books. Obviously, mm. you lose a fair amount of the side stories and details just because that's kind of what you have to do when you're taking a book and making it into a series. So, Well, it also modernizes it, right? Because the yeah. Jack Ryan books are from, like, what, 10 years ago? Longer, longer than that. Now? Yeah, longer yeah. than Cold that, War. yeah. Well, the, the original War, yeah. ones are from very long ago, but they actually, because it's yeah. still going on. So some they, of the yeah, it's a long series, but I don't but, know what they're basing it off of or if it's just like taking the characters and putting them in more modern situations for the show. I think it at least the first season, I think, actually pulls from one of the books, one of the newer <gasps> books. Um, they're not pulling from any of the original books except for the characters themselves okay. um but i believe the storyline is from one of the newer books somebody out there can correct me if i'm wrong but i think mm. the storyline the oh. bad guy at least is from one of the newer books uh movie wise i never saw hunt for red, red october patriot <gasps> games great. clear and present danger i saw some of all fears and i saw okay. shadow agent recruit, recruit thank shadow you recruit. yeah shadow recruit yeah. with chris pine yeah. Um, and then now this. I've seen season one and the three episodes of season two. I mean, Hunt for Red October is a classic, and I do love yeah, that movie quite a bit. Because, um, you know, one. Sean Connery, a Scottish man as a Russian, makes a lot of sense. It doesn't make sense, but it also <laughs> is just an excellent movie. Um, but Alec Baldwin as Jack Wright? I mean, it, uh, since I only it know... It works in that one. It works. Young, young Alec Baldwin? I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, it was before all of that stuff, though. <laughs> yeah, but like that's that's also it's after Beetlejuice. Like I that that's where I think of Alec, young Alec Baldwin is Beetlejuice. But there's it's just I mean, Chris Pine, Ben Affleck. I guess Ben Affleck probably at that time was a little bit more like Alec Baldwin when he was younger. So I, I guess I can see mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um. But I do think the series is definitely probably the best version of the books. Okay. Characters. That's cool. As much as I like the movies that for themselves in terms of adaptations of the book, I definitely feel like the series is better. I have such a hard time separating him from being Jim. I can't. Really? <laughs> yeah, ever. I don't know. Yeah, after... After thirteen hours and now Jack Ryan, I can, I can, I can, I see just John Krasinski. I don't really see Jim that much anymore. I don't have the any, problem. I never watched The Office, so you're lucky in that one. Because seriously, like <laughs> anytime he does something and he's trying to be smooth as Jack Ryan in any of the trailers, I'm just like, he looks like he's like he's like setting up a prank on Dwight and is like, yeah, watch this, Pam. Like, <laughs> <that's all>. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch Thirteen Hours though? No. You should watch that movie. I mean, I know you're, you're I mean, you're probably I can't. He's just him. 
Well, you know, eventually he's going to be a superhero in some superhero movie, so you're going to have to get over it. Mm-hmm. I, I tried in A Quiet Place. That's true. In Twi- Quiet Place, he's, he's pretty superhero-y, or at least action hero-y. I, I still just... Can't okay, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, but, I think I think he's a good actor though. Still, yeah, I think oh. the reason I like John Krasinski as Jack Ryan is because Jack Ryan, particularly in the books, he's not supposed to be some super smooth. He's not operator. supposed to be James Bond. He's not James Bond. No, he's not. He's he is an economist <laughs> who happens to put all of this shit together. Um, but he's an ex Marine Special Forces yeah, economist. <laughs> yes, Listen, you could you could be both poking all those stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think he he looks the role for it though. I mean, like he looks like he was an ex-Marine Special Force, but he also looks like he's a nerd too. Like it's a good balance. That's for fair. me. Okay. Yeah, I just I think it's I think the hard part is is that everybody has a picture in their mind of what an ex-Marine Special Forces is supposed to look like. And it's supposed to look like Dwayne the Rock Johnson, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no, not not what they really look like. But, no, but that's like that's Jesse not reality. Ventura, baby. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but that's that's not reality. And so you do get some different body types. And while yes, he's fit. Like I think that was my problem with Chris Pine is that he looked too stereotypical of a special forces marine. Mm. Yeah, and the character when you read him never feels. He always feels like. Yes, he did those things, but he was not typical of those things. You know what's hilarious is that I can't take Chris Pine as an action hero ever because his me, head. Me neither. His head is so big; it looks like a bobblehead. <laughs> it, it's so oh, wow. huge, like it does have a big dome. <laughs> uh, so, all right, Jack Ryan is on Amazon Prime season two has dropped and uh, i'm sure they're working on a season three wait i i, I want to pose a thing okay mm-hmm. a question i'll pose a question rather um if you guys had to cast someone else in what you think a special forces person like jack ryan is who do you choose like you think a realistic one but they could they could be both you know like like a special forces that's supposed to be jack ryan or a special forces in general Jack Ryan. Oh, Jack Ryan special. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Like a realistic one, because obviously, like an actual special forces forces person, they're not doing Dwayne and Rock Johnson kind of like putting down thirteen chickens every day, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll feel for time here. Yeah, you John, should. How was your day? Yeah, because I am. <laughs> let's, let's, let's <laughs> Maybe like a slightly younger Ben Affleck. Maybe. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Casey, Affleck. Casey, Affleck. I... yeah, yeah, Casey. I don't know okay. if I could see special forces as Casey. It's because he, he looks too shaggy. He's too wiry. Is he wiry? Uh, yeah, that's how you I. You don't see. necessarily need to be buff to be special forces, though. No, I understand that. It's <laughs> just, but like, they can be like, they can the be ones wired. that yeah that it's I've movement. seen and met of special forces people, they're not super duper buff. Yeah, but I'm like, I don't even, I don't see muscle tone on Casey Affleck ever, like any type of muscle tone. Channing Tatum. I'm terrible with actors' names. Who <laughs> plays Tom Sawyer in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Shane West. That's who I would okay. probably okay. do. I, I Just, wanna, I wanna, I, like, I want to play, like, yeah, somebody Shane who's West, like, yeah. somebody who's like, 
I can build muscle, but I don't have muscle naturally, so I have mm-hmm. to work for it. And somebody who's like, yeah, I'm super cool, but not really, and I know I'm not really, but I pretend like I am. No, that's fair. <laughs> oh, so, oh, I know. Johnny. <laughs> no, I would, I would, uh, I would do Jeremy Renner. I would think Jeremy Renner could pull pull off the look. Okay. Yeah, and, that would did, work. did he do it, or was that, that work. a different movie where he was a spy type person? What was the one he did? Uh, like, where he's a spy? Well, there's the movie Kill the Messenger, where he's uh, a journalist. <clears throat> and, and isn't Hawkeye kind of sort of a spy? Yeah, I mean he kind of, he, he works for Shield, so yeah, he's kind <laughs> like of a spy. special forces spy right there. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that the character he played in the Born whatever that one that, was? That was the one. Oh, uh, yeah, the Born yeah. Legacy. That's true. He, he is kind of. <laughs> oh, that, who's but, the guy? Who's Born? Uh, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Yeah. The, for for my, I think like so Jess goes with Ben daily. Affleck and Matt Damon. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, uh, mine for this one is like walking around on a daily basis now. Shia LaBeouf. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, okay. <clears throat> like he's not he's not super buff or anything, but he didn't give yeah. a shit about what his appearance is. It's true. <clears throat> And that, that says X special forces to me. <laughs> you know, I haven't seen, what was it, Honey Boy? Honey Boy was very good. Yeah, I didn't see that or uh-huh. Peter Butter Falcon, but all I can think about when I think Both of Shia LaBeouf good. now is uh, his his Just Do It video, you know? <laughs> <laughs> With the ponytail and whatnot? Yes. Oh, man. Uh, okay. I, I've, I've derailed this long enough. It's, it's fine. <laughs> uh, John, what did you watch this week? This week, I finished season two of Altered Carbon. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've been trying to piece it out between uh, my binging of Star Trek Next Generation. Uh, I got to a good stopping point with Next Gen with uh, The Best of Both Worlds Part 1, the season three finale. Where It's, um, it's just picking up. Yeah, spoiler alert, that's where Picard becomes a Borg. And I think, oh, what? okay, I'm going <laughs> to... He becomes Locutus. <laughs> locutus of Borg. So. Why do you get a new, uh, <laughs> new name when you become a Borg? Aren't you all supposed well, to be a part of one thing? Well, yeah. see, they, they actually explained that. And, uh, you know, kind of going back, watching all these episodes from the beginning, I'm recontextualizing a lot of things that I didn't understand the first time around. Because I didn't have cable growing up. I had, like, the three channels that you would have if you only had an air antenna. So, like, yeah, I would Fox, catch, Fox, CBS, and NBC. But basically, the yeah. next generation wasn't on cable. Um, I think wherever it was, it, was, it wasn't on something I could watch it on. Okay. <clears throat> for whatever reason. Anyway, point is, um, so there was a lot of episodes that didn't get to see the original run, and when I would get to see episodes, they'd be all out of order. So now I'm kind of understanding. I'm seeing a lot of things up close now like where a lot of these meme pictures come from like the <laughs> hard face palm or the uh you know what the fuck is this shit yeah. right, that he does like all which, yeah which is he's shakespeare actually, right he's quoting shakespeare yeah. in that scene which is awesome oh um, <laughs> i thought he was just pretending to be italian no, he, he was purposely being over dramatic it's pretty awesome and um yeah so I, you know, one of the things about the Borg is that, yes, they have no individuality and all that, but they actually explain it really well. This is the, only the second time that we see the Borg, and they even explain, it's like, I thought you guys were a hype collective. Why are you guys trying to single me out specifically? Because they wanted 
Picard with like a heart on. Like they were like, we want Picard. And oh, they no, couldn't Picard figure out why. And they, they would, they basically told them straight up. It was like, we want to take over the human race, but you guys are, you know, your individuality is a unique challenge to us. So we want someone that, uh, you know, their authority will appeal to, you know, the, the rest of uh, your people. And they decided that Picard was going to be the spokesman of humanity that they were going to use as a basically a spokesperson to take over. Did 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 they not say the word emissary like one million times in that episode? I they probably did. <laughs> I also kind of tend to nod off on some of these, but yeah, they basically <laughs> were saying it was the first time we hear them say resistance is futile or futile. Mm-hmm. The way that people pronounce futile, yes, that's <laughs> oh, that's, uh, that's, that's you. Borg. That's Hugh. I know that Borg. <laughs> it is Hugh. <laughs> it was not what I was picturing when you said Borg. <laughs> they, I like that they have like they have nineties comic cover things <laughs> and their little eyes. Actually, oh one God. of one of the Borgs was famous for having um, a Tie Fighter canopy as his eyepiece. What? Yeah, there's a subreddit that I like going to called That's a Book Light, where they like to, to show up. <laughs> they say, hey, that this prop that they used in the movie or whatever is actually this in the real world. Um, and that comes from, I think it was V for Vendetta. There's one scene where the police guy puts up this uh, anti-bugging device. This is, okay, we can talk now. And it really is literally just a, a book light that they replaced with a red LED instead of the flashlight portion <laughs> of it. And so, yeah, they like to point out all these different things from movies and TV shows, like all these props. I think in the, uh, if it was Batman or Batgirl or something, I don't know what it was. They're like, oh, so apparently Batman was using PlayStation glove controllers as part of his Batsuit arsenal. And yeah, sure enough, it was like those, I don't know if you ever saw them, those controllers that were made for a short time by Mad Cats, where instead of just a like a controller you would grip with both hands, it would have like half the buttons in like a glove you can put on your left hand, and then the other buttons on the right side would go on your right hand. It's really weird looking. That sounds yeah, horrendous. In there. It was, yes. These were not very comfortable controllers. Um, that being said, yes, a TIE fighter was used as a, the eyepiece of one of those Borgs. Picard just got assimilated into the Borg Collective, and he's now Locutus of Borg. And I figured, okay, I'm going to stop here for a little bit, catch up on some other stuff. I want to give the impression of like actually waiting a whole season to pick it back up again, <laughs> even though it's only going to be like a week or so. So I finished Altered Carbon. Altered Carbon and, Season 2, all right. And I'm sure we're going to discuss that in more detail. I did want to say just a few impressions. Um, similar to what you think uh, about the season, I didn't like it as much as the first, but I did still rather enjoy it. Um, I thought the first one had a really good story because it had elements that they present to you early on that I had no idea would become super important towards the end of it. Right. And this kind of had the same thing, but in a different way. And I was like, holy shit. And I gave it mad props at the very least for keeping my attention and managing to subvert my expectations and surprise me in ways that were satisfying. And, uh, just overall very well done yeah okay now jess i know you've started altered carbon but you haven't gotten to season two i assume right no i'm just on episode three i think is the next one so it's two episodes in okay and steven have you watched season two 
Yeah, and the the anime one. And the anime. Okay. Ooh, so. As Jess asked last week, did, does the anime uh, fill in some spots for season two that I felt were um, like left out? It's it's just how um, how Takeshi knows um, Chinida. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what what's his what the other name for the guy? I forget his name. The 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 Yakuza leader guy. The what guy? The Yakuza leader? Oh, Yakuza. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's just how they met and oh. everything and what they did together. Like huh. way like before. In the past? Yeah, like yeah. before season like one. Way before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So does it have, what is it, the Falconer in it? Uh, so um, I, I don't want to spoil later? anything. I don't spoil oh, okay. Anything. Okay. Um, but it is uh, right after, um, t- uh, after Takeshi gets off of uh, Harlan's world. The first oh, okay. time, which John will know a little bit more about for stuff, because you've heard about it a little bit in season one, but season two, it's a much bigger thing. Yeah. Mm. So it's it's cool. Um, I I still enjoy. Oh, no, this isn't my week's watch. Continue. Yeah. So John, <laughs> I wanted to ask you this, and for Stephen too, since he's seen it, and we don't need to get too deep because other people haven't. But yeah. Neil McDonough, not like kind of being in the show, but not really being in the show. Like, how did you guys feel about him as an actor? He plays Harlan from the right. the name oh. Harlan's world. I, I, I really like him as an actor. Right. So a do lot. I <laughs> back from like, from like NBC's like short lived series, Boomtown. Yes. <laughs> what? Boomtown. Yeah. Oh, no, okay. That was, is not the was, word I heard. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> it's like he Boomtown? Was, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that shows up when I got a stream now. Um, he was also, uh, Neil McDonough was also one of the people that got assimilated by the Borg in First Contact. Yep. He was one of the ensigns. Um, and he was in probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Um, he's in a lot of bad movies. Yeah, he's in, he's in a lot. But you're probably going to talk well, about Street Fighter Ch- Legend of Chung Lee, right? Yes. Like <laughs> his, that, that whole movie was bad. And his portrayal of M. Bison is on a whole other level of suck. <laughs> is, uh, is his hair his normal color in that movie? No, it's I white. That's what it's, I think he's he's kind of almost half albino or like something. He's really blonde. Yeah, M. Bison should not look like this. <laughs> no, I mean, I think they were going. Well, I mean, what's his name? Raul Julia shouldn't have looked like that either. But he I mean, sick. he he owned it though because <laughs> he just elevated the performance with his overacting. Neil McDonough is just horrible in this. Like, like what the hell are you doing? There's, it it it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> But no, um, I liked him in it, and honestly, uh, I, I love Stargate so much. Uh, and in the beginning of season two, um, uh, Michael Shanks, the guy that plays Daniel Jackson in the TV series, he was in there as the as the meth who brings Takeshi into oh, the, okay. the events of season two. Oh. And I like literally like the day before, I was like, "What's Michael Shanks up to?" on the, on the computer, <laughs> and then there he was. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so John, other than uh, the fact that it wasn't as good as the first season for you, uh, anything else you want to say about the the second season? Like, are you looking forward to a third season? Um, I don't know. I I feel like part of what I missed uh, from the first season. Um, I mean, there was cameos from the first season in here. Yeah. 
And um, it made me realize just how much more I missed the first season. Because I feel like the characters were characters you cared about more. They, mm-hmm. were, they were more fleshed out. Um, and I just really found, oddly enough, uh, the guy that played Takeshi in the first one, uh, Joel Kinnaman. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say he's a charismatic or charming person, but I really liked his portrayal of Takeshi. And that's not to say I didn't like... Uh, Anthony Mackie. Falconer, yes, the Falconer Falcon. Um, but Kinnaman just really brought something to it that I kind of miss. Yeah, Anthony, I, I, I don't like it at all. You didn't, I didn't like Anthony Mackie's performance at all. I, I but then, like I said, I think I said this last week is I just think it's, it's because we saw Joel Kinnaman first, like so that's what we got used to. I got him printed with him, yeah. Yeah. What are the things that Anthony Mackie and that people are like? Yeah, that's great. Like, where's his portrayal great? E- even in the episode of Black Mirror, I was like, eh. Yeah, he tends to just kind of play the same kind of character over and over. Like, even his, what, character in 8 Mile is somewhat the same as Falcon. Like, less action, but still just the same kind of cocky swagger. Mm-hmm. So. so. I don't know. I Personally, I, uh, I'm not looking forward to a season three. But I'm sure they'll get mm-hmm. one, because... Netflix is really leaning in on this property. There's plenty of books to adapt, so. Is there? I didn't know how many books there were. Yeah, they, they did a few, very least. Like, I think, what, four? And the mm-hmm. book, or the, the show itself, does go into a lot of the stuff. Like, John, um, like, all of the stuff for the the people from the past, like the trees and whatnot, that shit's not gone into in a big way. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. Okay, Alter Carbon season two is on Netflix currently. Uh, Steven, what did you watch this week? So this week, um, I got something that I didn't expect. Um, so I love Steven Universe, um, and ah. it, it's a fantastic show. I very much look forward to the generation of children who grow up from having watched the most emotionally mature cartoon that's ever existed. Um, mm-hmm. It's great. Uh, but the movie was supposed to be shown in theaters again as kind of like a hang-along kind of thing, which wasn't what I was there for. I just wanted to see the movie really big. But uh, after the showing of the movie, they were supposed to have an episode that was going to be... Like, like It was supposed to air in the chunk of episodes that ends the entire series this week. And that got put out oh. early. And that, that episode was nuts. Um, I don't know... Jess, it seems like you're familiar with Steven Universe. I, kind of, sort of. I've like caught an episode here or there. I just haven't been able to sit down and actually watch it. So. Okay. Because yeah, the the show itself, um, it's not like any other cartoon. Like far and away, I watch a lot of cartoons, and this, I I've been more wrapped up. I've cried more during emotional scenes in this one series than I have for any other thing in my life, including my own life. Um, like it, it's. It's fantastic. Um, and it's coming to an end and they are, it's coming in like a freight train with the events of the things that they're doing right now. Steven's whole life has been this complicated mess of dealing with the past of his mother's life because he's, for all intents and purposes, still his mom. Um, and yeah, it, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a cartoon. <laughs> it's a cartoon. Um, <clears throat> um, but yeah, like all of the events of the, of the rest of his life have really come to bear in the movie and a couple other things. The movie is 
a perfect starting off point for anyone who hasn't watched a cartoon before. There's a lot of cartoon to watch, and you can just watch the movie. They're okay. Like you'll, it'll recap everything. But yeah. um, Stephen's becoming both uh, an adult human, basically, and also dealing with the entire legacy of everything else that makes up him and what and who he is. And it's really, really good. So hmm. Okay. Steven Universe, how many seasons did that make it on air? I don't know. I think it's like five. I could be wrong. Um, but they they did their, their main series, and then they have this one new season um, called Steven Universe Future, which is just everything after the events of the show. Uh, it looks like it was five seasons, I think. Yep. Is what it says. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a lot. It's been a long time. And so who are some of the, the voice actors on that show? So the show itself is the, the main character is um, Zach Callison. And then they have, um, I forget him right now, Estelle, the, the singer of that song, American Boy, from a few years back. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. She, she's the voice of one of the main characters. Um, it, if anyone just likes music in general, the show has some of the best music like in any like television, musical, or anything like that. Um, like, Better than and, Phineas and, and Ferb. Yeah, honestly. Even though <laughs> Ferb has really good music, yeah, even Adventure Time had really good music at times. Uh, Steven Universe is fantastic. <laughs> if anybody wants to watch the movie for Steven Universe, the movie, uh, I'll <laughs> get at me. You can find me on Twitter at PeppermentGentleman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Steven Universe, is, and you said the, the movie that you saw is in theaters right now, right? No, nothing is in theaters right now. Okay, that's fair. It was supposed <laughs> to be in theaters right now. No, there are um, no theaters. Yeah, no, the, the movie, um, you can stream it for cheap online and everything. Uh, or if you're just a crafty person, you can find it on sources on the internet. Okay. I, I recommend it. Oh, and the, the series ends this week on the, Friday. Gotcha. For anyone who is out of the loop on Steven Universe. That would be me. I, I don't, I've never seen an episode. Neither have I. Watch it with me. Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> it'll, it'll be called Steven and Steven and Mitch. <laughs> we can do this podcast. I think that's too many Stevens. <laughs> uh, okay. Jess, what have you been watching this week? Uh, okay. So I watched a movie on Disney Plus. Surprise. Um, but this one was <laughs> their new original Star Girl. Which Ooh. is based off of a Jerry Spinelli book that I read in middle school that I only remembered like one scene from like I remembered like the general idea of the book and then I vividly remember one scene and they did not have that one scene in the movie, so it was slightly upset, but um it was pretty good. Um it starred um Grace Vanderwall, who was the one of the winners of um America's Got Talent. She's a ukulele singer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and she, she was actually good. I mean, it's kind of sort of like a step above Disney Channel movie quality. Like it's somewhere in between a Disney movie and then a Disney Channel movie in quality, I would say, and story. It kind of sugarcoats what the story is about too. And it also does modernize it because it's a book from 2000, but they do have like cell phones in it. So it is a little bit more modernized too. But I, I quite enjoyed watching it. It's like a just a sweet is anybody teen else, movie to watch. 
Is anybody else struck by the idea that you have to modernize something that was originally done in 2000, only 20 years ago? (laughs) It's just because of smartphones. Yeah, it it really is just adding in the the smartphone thing. So like they had a scene in which they're like sitting next to each other, but they're texting each other kind of thing. Like that was like the biggest modernization. Got it. Oh, and they took out like the one scene that I remembered from the book was the girl. Okay, so I probably should explain. Star Girl is about <laughs> this kind of sort of boy who collected porcupine ties, and he moves to this small town in Arizona. He gets wait, teased. Wait, wait, he collected what? Porcupine <laughs> ties. What is like? Like ties with porcupines on them. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. I was like, is this a part of the porcupine? Is this the wishbone of the porcupine? <laughs> no. But um, he gets teased about it in school, so he decides he's just going to be perfectly normal, not going to do anything, like not be true to himself, basically. And then Stargirl comes into town, and her name is actually Stargirl, and she wears these crazy outfits because her mom's a costume designer, and she, um, she's just a fast, like she sings happy birthday to all the kids with the ukulele. Like she just is her own unique person and she kind of gets teased, but then she also becomes sort of a good luck charm for their losing football team. Yeah. And so she gains popularity. Yeah. The whole thing. That song was was stuck in my head. So, but so bad. Yeah. Did you watch it? (laughs) Yeah. So why did you not know what a porcupine tie was? No, because what the fuck? Because you said it so offhand. I was like, what? <laughs> well, that's what made him weirdly unique. And then he, remember, they cut it in the beginning. It was so it just, sad. I was like, oh, I, it, it like, it caught on, like, it, it stuck with me that, like, yeah, he got bullied and everything, but it was like, uh, you're just weird. I wasn't like, ah, because porcupine ties. Because <laughs> he constantly wore a porcupine tie, which I think in the book he collects them. I think in the movie it was just the one tie he had that he wore, like, every day, but. Uh, it kind of switched up his background, yeah. And um, and she is a super empathetic person, basically, and it ends up making the school turn on her, too. And so and it's kind of sort of about, like, being true to yourself always. And your school. And your school. Be true <laughs> to your school. <laughs> but and just I remember reading it, and then the, the boy, he just... Like, even when I was reading it, like, a, what was I, a sixth grader, I just thinking, man, that boy is such an asshole. Like, <laughs> he really, it, like, it comes across in the book a lot more in the movie that he really resents Stargirl for being true to herself and mm-hmm. kind of sort of, like, it, it does show in the movie that he does try to make her normal for a bit. And, like, I just, they just really sugarcoated a little bit too much. But I still enjoyed watching it. So, Mitch, to put this, to, to really... Like, tell you who this character is. Imagine if Starfire was a normal person going about oh. her high school life. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. Like, that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly it. Uh, I got you. I, I Thank you for putting it in terms that I could understand, Steve. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I, now I assume that most of the actors and actresses in this, this movie, it's a movie, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are uh, of the younger age, so we probably not have seen them in anything. But are there any of the adults from stuff that we have seen before? Mm, I didn't recognize anybody. No. Okay. No yeah. Stanley Chuchis in this one. No Stanley Chuchis. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, he needs to be in everything. So. <laughs> Neil McDonough wasn't. 
<laughs> I don't think this is the kind of movie I could see him being in. Like he's just the principal or something. <laughs> okay, so I mean, I, if it's a book series, is it interpreted for being uh, uh, more movies on Disney Plus? Uh, no, I think it's just a standalone. Okay. Maybe. Well, maybe there is a sequel. I think there is a sequel book that follows Stargirl. Later it's on, not so like a full series. Maybe they could. Oh, yeah. it's only like one one other book. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Giancarlo Esposito is in it. Yeah, oh, that's really? what I just realized. I was like, oh, it's the guy from The Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, most shit. people know him from Breaking Bad at this point, but sure, the guy from The Mandalorian. <laughs> oh, I didn't watch Breaking Bad. <laughs> I didn't either. Uh, I can't. It's, Neither can I. Yeah, it's it's so hard to watch him. Like, it, if 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 someone else had made that series and it had just been like this nice science teacher who yeah he's sick but he's helping teach kids about science that would have been great i would watch (laughs) but you can't watch uh brian cranston who's Hal from malcolm in the middle be be a drug lord no he's too nice (laughs) to me he's the perfect dentist from seinfeld he's tim watley from seinfeld (laughs) (laughs) anti-dentite that's right uh okay so um star girl is on disney plus right now uh for my week's watch so earlier or last weekend we as geekly media tried to do a netflix watch party which only about half the people were able to get into because the netflix watch party chrome extension does not have all its bugs worked out yet uh We did the the ones of us that did get to watch it though watched Delirium on Netflix. It's a 2018 movie starring Topher Grace, um, where he is a man who was recently, like the beginning of the movie, um, let out of a mental institution where he has been sentenced for ten years, ten ten or more years, uh, for uh, witnessing his brother kill another person. And uh, after that, the he finds out that his father has passed, and he has to live thirty days in his father's house, and then he gets his freedom. Um, but he's not allowed to leave the house. He has a. Uh, I'm not giving anything away. That's that's the thing. It's the setup. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's a big setup. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's all. This is all set up. He he has to wear a, a, a house arrest bracelet, and he's actually not allowed to leave the house. Not not that he's not allowed to leave the property, the actual building. He's not allowed to leave. I didn't get that part either. It didn't make any sense to me. But uh, as he goes, he go the the days go on. He it gets things around the house go more and more crazy and he doesn't know what it is what's what things are real and what things aren't real i have to say that i really enjoyed the movie i thought it was it was spectacular uh maybe spectacular is not not the right word it was splendid engaging <laughs> engaging yes thank you um it for for something that that starred Topher grace which really haven't seen him much of him at all anymore like i thought he did a great job being by himself for most of the movie and uh uh i would recommend it to people especially well i don't know if i recommend it to people who like horror stuff because i don't watch enough horror stuff to gauge that i guess but 
for someone who doesn't watch a lot of horror stuff, I recommend that <laughs> <laughs> if you want a little bit of horror. Uh, so that was <laughs> that movie. I think we're going to try and do more of those with Geekly Media. See if we can get it to work for more people. Don't know why it didn't work, but uh, it was still interesting for the ones that did make it in. <laughs> I also watched uh, The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix which I Ooh. thought was now that was a very cinematic show. I uh, for a series that it looks a lot like a movie. I thought Mike Flanagan did an amazing job. I want to go back and check out Gerald's Game now, um, to see how well he did with that. And the only thing I have to say about the criticism for that is that the ending I thought was a was a was a letdown. It just did no. not live up to the rest of the show. Was that because of how good? What is it? Uh, episode six or eight? Which which episode is it that everyone like loses their mind over? Episode six. So episode six, um, essentially, is another one of those uh, almost looks like all one take kind of thing. Ooh. So, but it's not the it, it. It's episode six that most people talk about. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty good. Episode five is pretty awesome too. And then episode nine is is amazing, but <laughs> episode ten is 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 the finale episode, and just the last twenty minutes, it's it, it things are just wrapping up constantly, like repeatedly wrapping up. I guess is the way to put. It. Kind of like Return of the King with all the endings. Like it, oh, it, it to me that's one of the issues that it had with that. And uh, I know they're coming back for a second season. I don't know what kind of show the second season is going to be. The Haunting of Bly Manor. Huh? Hasn't it been a while? It has been. And I don't know what's taken it so long. But um, yeah, I don't know if it's supposed to be the same. I know it's the same actors. I just don't know if they'll be playing the same characters or if it's going to be more of like American Horror Story where it's uh, an anthology where it's all the same actors playing different characters kind of thing. I wanted that so bad for Stranger Things. Yeah, so did I. It was going to happen. Yeah, so did I. Um, so I, I, don't, I would definitely recommend The Haunting of Hill House. It's it's a really good show up until the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last thing I saw that I want to talk about was uh, I'm Not Okay With This, which is also on Netflix. Um, I did not know the episodes were only going to be 20 minutes long. So it is a super short series because it's only seven episodes long. Hmm. That's almost a quibby. It's almost. <laughs> you're right. Um, I enjoyed it, but it takes a super long time. So you what? know what? <laughs> yeah. What? But you just said 20 minutes. I, I know. It seems like that's uh, counterintuitive, but... This could have been cut down to an hour and a half movie. Like it did Ooh. not need to be seven hour, seven episodes of twenty minutes apart. Like so many things happen that it's just like uh, this is filler. You can see where this is filler, but it's but there is an interesting story in there, and I feel like season two will be a lot more interesting and developed than season one was. Mm. <laughs> so, um, so. With with that show, I would definitely say that there is a thing that happens in Rush, the Russian Dolls episode two that I wish would have happened in uh, I'm Not Okay With This. So 
The chicken scene, right? Yes. I, I wanted her to just throw a chicken down on the ground. <laughs> no. When so I don't know. Does anybody does anybody not want to know what kind of what uh, I'm not okay with this is about? I've seen the first episode, so okay. I feel like I kind of know what it's going to be like, but I don't so, mind knowing. Essentially, shoot. go ahead, Stephen. I said shoot. Go for it. Oh, shoot. Okay. Yeah. Essentially, it's uh, a young uh, lady in high school who uh, learns that she has telekinetic powers and she's coming to grips with the idea of having those powers while also mm-hmm. going through puberty and also <laughs> uh, trying to figure out who, who you know, these, um, uh, the emotions that she's having. So all these things are happening ah. and she's also fighting with her father, her mother because her father died a year ago and she's, depressed all the time and angry all the time and her mother's working all the time to, to support her and her little brother and it, it's just a lot of things are happening but the thing is she doesn't want to tell anybody that she has this power she's developing and so things are happening around her that she has to keep hiding and stuff and one of the things i liked about episode two of russian doll she's like okay i need to tell somebody now like i need to yeah. find help from somebody like, and i hate that when it happens in a lot of shows which i understand it's a trope and you need it for the drama and for the story to keep going because if the person finds out they have powers and then just walks up to the next, you know, doctor and says, Hey, I have powers. It's not interesting anymore kind of thing. But like it, it gets dragged out too long of what do I do? I have powers like thing and trying to hide it and like finding yourself in the same scenario over and over because you're hiding the fact that you used your powers and now you need to cover it up. So, Hmm. It's on Netflix. People should give it a try just to see how, what they think about it. Um, I, I think the the male actor in that the the young boy that she plays against a lot is also in Stephen King's It. If anybody remembers, John. What was it? Because uh, the young woman in that she's in It. She plays. Mm-hmm. Um, Beverly Marsh? Beverly, yeah. And I think the boy in the show also is one of the losers. Mm, I, I haven't seen the show, so I'm not completely familiar. Um, not, I don't think he's... He's not the one that loses the brother, but he's the one that tells jokes? Okay, yes. Uh, Wyatt Olaf, he's the... No, he's the... I think he's the Jewish boy. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's the Jewish boy. Okay. Fair enough. Okay, so... Uh, is there any of those things that you, anybody want to talk about with me? Any questions? I got nothing for that one. I, yeah, I'm sorry. That's okay. One thing I did want to say about uh, Haunting a Hill House that I forgot to say was that it's interesting because the show takes place with the same family but in two different time periods. So when the kids oh. are young and when the kids are adults. But then it <laughs> also takes place in like three different four different a bunch of different timelines because or not timelines might not be the thing but it's like what the the thing that the show does a lot is that it will take you like with suspense up to a point and then the thing happens but you don't get to see the thing because later on they'll come back to it from another character's point of view and then you'll get to see the thing if that makes any sense so you see a lot of the same things over and over, but from different characters, which I dug okay. a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> I, mean, I definitely like the idea of it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, give it a try. Um, 
All right. Russian Doll, season one, episode two, The Great Escape. Gotta get up, gotta get out. <laughs> Sweet birthday, baby. <laughs> I'm making you a birthday chicken. <laughs> it's the, like the Israelis with cocaine in it. <laughs> no, it's not cocaine. It's ketamine. Yeah. did you know? Steve, did you know he was my war dog? Steve, um, why don't you why don't you go ahead and take over? I, I was curious. Did did this episode throw anyone for a loop? Yes, the beginning did. What was it that that, that actually was a twist for you guys? Oh, I don't know about twists, but the beginning threw me through a loop because she didn't start off in the bathroom. Like, I was not expecting her to have made it to the next day. <laughs> ah. But then we, we, we quickly find out that that doesn't make a difference because... She still dies. She, she falls into the open uh, basement thing that you see in all those New York movies and uh, dies anyways. Did, did anyone think that that was going to be a, an actual fix-it? For things like she just had to make it the next day. Oh, I didn't. No, Mm-mm. I didn't think so. Although I didn't think we would get to the next day necessarily. I, neither did I. I thought she would die before the next day happened. But um, I don't think I was necessarily really thrown for a loop by that. I I accepted that fairly quickly. I think it was so. She went through all the stages of grief in this one thirty-minute episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> about the, her new existence. That was quite the emotional roller coaster ride. And then just the scene where she dies four times tripping down the stairs. <laughs> was just that, a, that's horrifying. It was just a lot very fast. I think the pace of this episode, like just, I was, I was like, angry. I was like, oh my God, what's, stop, wait, let me process. Let me, let me process this. There's no, there's no process. And then there, yeah, <laughs> it was just a wait. lot of emotions. Before we get into like the actual like intricacies of the episode, what do you guys think is important to carry forward into other episodes from this one? Ooh. If there's anything. The flowers. Oh, oh that's yeah. true. The dying okay. flowers. So I did I did turn to Elizabeth at that point and I was like, is she now death? Like is she Ooh. Becoming death, like is is that a thing? Like when they when a new reaper is born, <laughs> she has to relive her own death over and over. Uh, okay, I like this idea. Actually, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Pushing Daisies. Like Dude, I was characters. just to reference that. I never yeah. watched I never Pushing watched Daisies. That. It's so good. Yeah, that's what I've heard, but I just I never got around to it. The thing well, you're the poorer for it. <laughs> Thank you. The things that that stuck out to me were, because she said it multiple times, was it has to be the drugs, otherwise it's me, and it can't Mm -hmm. be me, because I can't be crazy. Um, And then, obviously, when she talks with the psychiatrist who I'm gathering was her guardian at some point, that's the reference I'm getting, the discussions about her mom, which are definitely more fueled now. Um, and becoming a much bigger focus because we find out the necklace is her mom. She, her mom had some sort of mental illness problems. She hates when people describe her as crazy. A lot. A lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she won't be locked up, which to me says her mom was. But So I think the mom connection and then 
the it has to be the drugs otherwise it's me and i'm not okay with that okay yeah. uh um just for you you said that the flowers were important mm-hmm. do you think that leads to anything or are you just thinking like ah, no i saw you <laughs> yeah <laughs> it like it kind of sort of shows that even though time's not passing it somehow is for some things within the universe or whatever it is like some things are kind of sort of aging with her even though she's not technically aging okay that's what i thought of it i don't know what it means on the greater scheme of things i still don't know like, it's not a science I can figure out right now or not a myth I can figure out right now with the information I have. <laughs> but that was, like, even... That was quick for even, like, flowers dying. Like, those wilted pretty fast when she walked by. I mean, how how much time has... Like, how many deaths did we see? This if, is, time was, if time was passing consistently, we saw her die no less than nine times in this episode, right? This, yeah, this yeah. episode, she died seven times. Uh, so, total okay. now, we've seen nine. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like for, like with that like like does that seem like an okay amount of time for flowers to have wilted nine days yeah yeah it's not it's not quite nine days either because some of her deaths happened pretty immediate that's true like her but, stare I mean, deaths were like right after she left the bathroom was so, so much <laughs> just so much I'd be like I don't know if I would ever go near stairs again <laughs> they could be like well, that we're gonna use the safer fireplace escape. Yeah. So, um, I was gonna say so what if uh, 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 her being referred to as a cockroach by Maxine is a is a clue in the point that she's done so many things that should have killed her before but because for whatever reason they didn't kill her but now she should have died all those times and now she's living out all those deaths that she should have had if that makes any sense it's an interesting one I, I honestly, that wasn't one that I would have, like, I, I would have stumbled on. Okay. Did we um, say but I think we're wrong. Um, I did appreciate the fact, uh, the, the poignant moment thinking of the fire escape when she asks her friend to walk her down the fire escape and she's just like, I, I know I'm crazy. And she's like, that's okay. I love crazy. You just need to find the person that's the right support. Like somebody's out there to help you fix it. Like there's you you gotta ask for help. I'm going to hang a blood something sculpture over a sweet lady. <laughs> over a mock like debtor's her, prison. I like her too, but I like Lizzie. I, I just I like the fact that like somebody comes out and makes that statement like you just have to find the right person to ask for help. So. Uh, no, I, I definitely think that's a bit of a through thing. Like you see the support with her and her ex. Yeah. In there, like the guy's always like it's it's very clear that he's there regardless of their situation. Um, Although he uh, did make the statement, like, "Are you going to be there when I drop everything to come help you, or are you just going to run away?" Yeah, that which seems like it's probably happened like a solid thirty times for them. Yeah. Um, John, you, you were you were thinking the door was a big thing. Are you still of that mind? Who was that one again? The the door. Oh, the door. Yeah, yeah. 
I think, I mean, there's got to be some reason why this is where her life resets, you know, and the door just, I, I would imagine there's maybe some, and I'm just spitwalling here because so far we have nothing to go on. There's got to be something magical about that door. Well, I mean, technically... And just because it looks like a vagina? Well, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, what's more magical than that? <laughs> she's dying, like and she's so. being reborn through a vagina. No? Yes. And the fact that you, you have to pull the trigger on Everybody's obsession it. with the female reproductive organs is a little weird. I but, mean, the um, show has an obsession with it, so I mean, we kind of have to talk about it. I... I'm not going to confirm or deny anything. <laughs> Which means you guys are correct and my... No, that's not, that's not true at all. That's not, I, I think I know Stephen a little bit better. That, that's not true, necessarily true. <clears throat> um, <laughs> I, I did have a one thing that I thought was important. And this goes back to what I was talking about with... Uh, uh, um, I'm not okay with this. When... She's when Lizzie's like, you need to just find the person that will that can help you with your whatever your situation is. And I think the one person that could be interesting or at least interesting and helpful would be Dr. Dan. Like, yeah, he's uh, he's making specialty drugs for cancer patients and stuff, oh. but like, I feel like he's that side character in a video game or like an NPC character <laughs> in a video game that has important information if you just ask him the right question. Well, yes. I mean, we learned the fact that it is not laced with cocaine like the Israelis. It's laced with ketamine because he's trying to solve everybody's depression. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, um. like, good cause, but... <laughs> Terrible means to your end. Like, like you don't, don't start slipping people drugs that they don't know about. The, the one thing, um, you guys had uh, asked about the video game stuff for her, like the fact that she was a programmer and you'd wonder oh, yeah. if this didn't play a bigger role. Um, having seen her in that role directly and kind of confronting that stuff head on um, in like in actual tandem with the plot, do you guys think that is bigger? No, I think that's. I think they're just using that as a vehicle to build her character of being a rather ball busty, ball busting kind of female character in a male dominated industry. She's in a male dominated industry, so she has to bring a little something more to support her, I guess. All, all I want to say is that with that scene, I was so pissed. Like, just in general. Because. I know that I'm the one that's not supposed to be pissed, but it's just the idea of she walks into the meeting and then they're like, oh, there's something wrong with your code. And she's like, no, there's not. It's your part of the code that you entered in is fucking with my code. And then she fixes it. And while she's fixing it, they're, they're trying to dismiss her for one, be like, oh, you can fix it later. And then two, don't say that she did the good, a good job. And three, what was the other dude whispering about? Like, is he trying to get her fired? Like, you need to take this outside kind of thing? I, like, that just angered me in general. Well, while I very much appreciate that it angered you, I guess it didn't anger me because it just happens all the time. No, I understand. So, I like, understand. you learn to just kind of get over it. <laughs> I mean, there's. I, I would spend most of my work days angry if... I got riled up about every single one of those. So I just, I don't know. I guess, John, Steven, I don't know if you guys got angry about it or not. No, no I, I think that's exactly what that's supposed to be shown for. Um, 
a, a lot of the stuff in the show, like, like we talked about last week, um, it is, it, it's like the writing staff, editing staff, yeah. everyone, it's comprised of predominantly female um, professionals. And like, that's, I, that very much feeds into what they're showing in the show. They have, they have yeah. actual complex characters. It passes the Bechdel test far and away. Yeah, beautifully. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, like with, with that that scene, someone could think that it's coming off as almost like I don't know, like like a cartoonish portrayal of what that situation can be like, you know. But I think. Be, like because it's kind of like driving home the idea of what that situation is so very completely and so like very like like I don't know, it's not like see, and, and it's, I guess, very, it's very clear yeah. I guess I could see how people and unfortunately we lost Jess so hopefully she gets back um but I, I guess I could see where people would find that cartoonish but to me it just seemed so ordinary that it didn't even yeah didn't even register for me, but I, I do get, I mean, cause like even you know, he was angry, angered by it, which would represent that it's something that's more obvious than what he, you see day to day. So, but yeah, no, it's just, it's interesting. I, I, I want to be clear. Like I'm not, I'm not saying it's like a, like a bad portrayal of this. I'm saying like, if anyone thinks it's coming off as being like cartoonish, it's because <laughs> that's what that situation so often is it's just not directed at them but people like people are watching the show just being squarely her perspective on a situation yeah turns out most of the time we just go through life and it just doesn't happen to us exactly yeah yeah (laughs) no i mean i I get it yeah so it's just it's interesting i mean I, i i do appreciate the fact that they do make it front and center and that for those that it doesn't happen to it does feel so Exaggerate is not the right word, but so prominent, mm-hmm. yes, in something that for at least a good chunk of the world is prominent all the time to the point that you just kind of start to accept it as normal. Yeah. So, uh, it, oh, go ahead, Stephen. You're good. Uh, what, uh, one thing I wanted to ask, so if, because in the show, in the episode, when she decides she is going to go talk to the f- one the one friend that she can get help from for this is she ends up going to her guardian therapist that you were talking talking about earlier uh doctor no not doctor ruth is her name ruth i think so. her name's ruth i think <laughs> i don't know i am sure ruth is not her last name but <laughs> but uh so she goes there cuz she has to kind of accept that it might be her own mind that's making the issue now, I wouldn't say that it was it's your mind that's the issue, um, but that's only because I watch a lot of sci-fi. Um, what who would be the person that you would go talk to as an expert if you needed help in this situation where you found yourself living the same day over and over or at least dying over and over? I don't know if I have one for that. <laughs> Okay, maybe not a friend then, but who would you go talk to? Like a type of person? Sure. Like if I knew someone that, that studied quantum physics, yeah, that's the person I probably would go <laughs> talk to. Well, yeah, I like, think I'm going a neurologist. That's where I'd start. <laughs> um, I would, I'd, I'd reach out to Dr. Anthony Fauci. There you go. <laughs> he, he seemed level-headed and well-rounded. <laughs> 
Am I the start of a new pandemic? I mean, um, he, he kind of has his hands full at the moment, so <laughs> please no, don't okay. bother him. It, it, it'll be fine. Honestly, we'll sort it out together. He can I, tell me all the medical stuff, and then I'll live the day over, and then we can solve this thing. I would probably actually start with a friend like Lizzie. Okay. Somebody who doesn't necessarily have all the answers, but has the ability to just go, whatever's going on, we will still accept you. You are still accepted. You are still okay. You are still who you are. Because I feel like that's the starting point. Because before I could process or try and come up with solutions or problem solve my way out of it or pick the right person to help, I would need to be reassured that no matter what it is, somebody's there to catch me. Because like it, it's it's kind of like that situation where um, there's like two different kinds of people that you'll end up talking to when you go to do any kind of com- like conversation about any issue that you're faced with. There's two kinds of people that you'll come across, uh, and oftentimes they're divided among like along gender lines. <laughs> uh, one, one kind of person is the one that's like um like like oh my gosh like that that's terrible that's awful um your feelings on the situation are valid and i'm so sorry that you're going through this they're being like a supportive ear and the other kind of person is the one that's like like damn that sucks let's let's start fixing this and you don't process the first part of it before trying to solve it you know yeah and sometimes you just need that first part Yep. Okay, so John, who would you go talk to? Um, I don't know that anyone would have the answer. Just John I mean, would maybe. T- John would take to Reddit. Yeah, that's fair. Yes, that, it's not, you, that's, that, that is crowdsourcing your problems. Not terrible. Our our conspiracy <laughs> would have some ideas about this. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure they would. But I, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be an expert. I mean. I mean, and I'm not talking about anybody you necessarily know, but if I, I guess I, I would definitely go to the nearest university and try and talk to someone that studies physics or philosophy or, you know, anything that that would be considered an expert in the in the field. Field of what? Of quantum mechanics? Or? Yeah, quantum mechanics. That's perfect. Um. Yeah, because. I don't know. Like, I think uh, trying to decipher what's going on. I think the the flowers dying super fast at the end of the episode are probably a big hint about what's going on. That uh, yeah, we're still talking about that, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so Jess came back to rejoin us, just so everybody Woo-hoo! knows. It's like nothing's changed. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't know. Like, I definitely would stay away from a religious authority because I feel but, like. But what if that's what you need in this situation? It is a Jewish know. school, man. Yeah. Do you think I feel the, like the been, Buddha would have some answers? I'm to want to accept it now. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just want to point out there is a cross on the wall behind John. As we speak, dude. There's one. There's one directly in front of me too. Check this out. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> like actually, the nail one, man. Although I'm like, yeah. I'm trying to go back through my midrashah teachings from from Jewish, you know, Jewish the, the Shabbat version of Sunday school. 
some Midrashah teachings, and I'm trying to think if there's anything like The Exorcist in. <laughs> and I try, and like, it's not something we normally do. Like, well, what's the the that's the story in the New Testament of the character that keeps passing, that keeps dying, or keeps resurrecting? I guess before Jesus. Um. Oh God. Yeah. Fucking hell. what? <laughs> It's, it's, uh, oh. Oh. there's a person Lazarus. That, that comes. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Lazarus. There's so, a whole pit. Lazarus. Yeah. In the DC comics, there's a whole pit for it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, is that equivalent? Is a person being resurrected? She's not technically being resurrected. She's going backwards. I don't know. She's restarting. Yeah. She's restarting. No, this definitely has a more of a groundhog day thing, which, I mean, if I was going to go by that logic, and if I was stuck in the situation, I most definitely would. That was like a Tibetan uh, idea of mastering the self, which takes it. I think non-canonically, it's supposed to take like ten thousand years that he's stuck like that uh, in Groundhog's Day, what? just reliving the same day. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what they've said somewhere. Is that it? It comes out to about ten thousand years for him to to become self actualized to the point that he becomes in the movie, and that's only because you know he took several days where he would just you know fuck around and kill himself or steal the groundhog or whatever. Do you think he ever went around and killed other people? Oh yeah, I think that's been unofficially confirmed by Harold Ramis before that. Uh, he basically would do the old uh, Skyrim move of like auto saving and then just slaughtering everyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jess, be, be, while you were gone, one of the questions, uh, the question that I had posed to everybody was that who, who who would be the person that you would go talk to? And it doesn't necessarily have to be like a friend or a person you know, but who would you go talk to to find help on the situation of dying repeatedly? <laughs> I feel, I don't know, with the, the amount of books I've read, the amount of books I've written, I feel like I would have the wherewithal to not even try. Ooh. <laughs> like, <laughs> You'd jump straight to acceptance. <laughs> just straight to, this is my life now. <laughs> let's let's go ahead and hit that save button on Skyrim and just murder. <laughs> no, probably not. But but I, I feel like I would like have a hard time talking to anybody about it because I, I feel like I would recognize the craziness of the situation and just be like, nobody going to believe this. Like nobody going to believe this shit. So <laughs> it, like, especially if I n- had a background where my m- mother had some sort of mental illness or something, like I feel like I would know exactly what would happen if I was ever like, I keep coming back to life. So mm. Like, honestly, I couldn't say who I would eventually go to. Probably the internet. Like, just really looking <laughs> looking through those Reddit feeds, looking to the conspiracy theorists or something. Like, somebody has to be going through what I'm going through. It has to be somewhere. There you go. And then if that doesn't pull out, then I just always have a restart way so that if I start screwing up, at least I got a quick restart kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> like... 
That's honestly when she dr- when she picks up that chicken in in the kitchen at that one point. I thought she was just going to like pick up a knife and stab herself at right? that point just to restart because she I was like too. mortified. But nope, she went full on. No, fuck you and this chicken. <laughs> You're not gonna remember I, I, this anyway. <laughs> yeah, I like that she stayed in the party after. She did. That, it was I know. the night that you paid for. Well, everybody like, just presumed that she was having a rough day. And like it happens, great group. Like they, they all seem like <laughs> they're all pretty. Like even though they seem like an out there bunch, they all seem like a supportive group despite this. I don't like, know. Well, I mean, they I, did refer to I, it as a cockroach. Like Maxine than, did refer to I, it as a cockroach. A cockroach. <laughs> Other than Lizzie, I would say to me, it seems like most of the friends are are more superficial than anything. Yeah. Like none of them really seem to in, invest in her. Uh, Lizzie They're, at least seemed like she was ready to talk to her. Are you saying the, the guy that woke up with the uh, strap on backwards is <laughs> yeah. not one of her close confidants? <laughs> I'm gonna say no. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't confirm or deny. <laughs> Although the idea of having a strap on on the backside gave me a really interesting kind of a seesaw mechanic. Don't, <laughs> please. We're just gonna end that so conversation need. here. No need. So, Stephen, please. Something like this. Oh, jeez. Like, stop. <laughs> Go ahead. Without without giving any spoilers away for the rest of the season, please tell me if or if not Doctor Dan shows up again. Not at all. Damn it. <laughs> he was Mitch's Damn favorite it. character. <laughs> I, did, I did like the cameo of the guy that plays Wardog. Uh, he's in a lot of like Wes Anderson films and stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. So I, I did ask Mitch um, if the actress was Jewish because that scene with Wardog and Dr. Dan just... The the like I'm screaming at you and my hands are flailing, but I'm not actually <laughs> upset at you. I'm just having a rough day. Was like the epitome of Jewish mom or Jewish grandmother. <laughs> like I'm going to yell at you, but I'm not actually upset at you. So I'm going to tell you I'm not upset at you, but I'm going to continue to yell at you because I'm mad. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think I she, like, she nailed the mannerisms for sure. It was it was perfect. It was it was everything that I wanted in that and, scene. And there, one one of the parts that I think is really cool about the series is that repre- representation for a lot of different aspects of like Jewish culture is just yeah. it's it's a through line in the whole thing. There's the part where um she's talking to the guy in the bodega. Yes. And it's just like so like eh, casual. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, no, it was just it was it was perfect. It was just like I was like the it, particularly with the hand motions. The <laughs> over the top <laughs> hand motions i was like yes yes i know this scene (laughs) i recognize this quite well like so you're like wait hold on and you like look to the side at mitch and then the song starts playing (laughs) (laughs) i also also say one of the other like uh clues for lack of a better term that the show presents to us in this one is the friend who owns the bodega or at least works at the bodega and then her oh, questioning yeah. him about the the drunk guy that she saw in there one in one of her deaths um he says he, that person wasn't there but then later on when she does go to war dog's bar she sees him taking that guy out of the bar and <laughs> once be- again just before she trips over just the before crate. she trips over the, the <laughs> thing again falls to her death uh so 
is that guy lying to her or is this two different timelines or three different timelines at this point where, you know, things are playing out differently and she just doesn't realize that things are playing out differently in, in each one of them. Do you, do you think that the plants mm. could be a different timeline thing also? Like maybe they're just like different sides of a coin and one, si- mm. one side is this event, the other side is a little shittier. So are you talking about like Mandela effect thing? Like the, the timelines are merging? I don't know. That's what I'm asking you. <laughs> I mean, that's interesting. If a whole, the whole uh, show is kind of a Mandela effect uh, <laughs> theme plot line. Uh, I did ask Elizabeth at one, at the end of the episode being like, well, why is this show called Russian doll? Like, is that going to be a big significance of what the plot is or the, the mechanic, the mystery box, so to speak? Mm-hmm. Does anybody have any other than Steven, uh, issue or insight into why it's called the Russian doll? I think it's, I think a lot of what's going to have to become, I think that that Buddha self-actualization is, is going to be relevant because I mean, in this whole episode, she goes through the, the five stages of grief. I mean, and we, and we see them very poignantly and she cuts her timeline shorter every time she reacts out of emotion. It's, it's only when she gives into her emotions, her, her reactions, that something happens. When she's calm, when she's calculating, she, make, she, can, she continues to move forward. Mm-hmm. So I, that's, that's where I think it's heading. And I think that's what that Russian doll is, is you're, you're having to unpack the layers of emotions to get to the like to the root. The little nesting dolls. Yes. Mm-hmm. Machioska. <laughs> okay. Anybody else have anything else where they want to go with in this episode? Yes. Hit it. Alright, so kind of touching up on representation that was uh, mentioned a little bit earlier. There was a moment in this episode. <laughs> uh, was it the password? I'm going to go with the password. It's got to be the password. It was the password. <laughs> that, was, that was so niche that, like, this could only have been made with me in mind. Somehow. <laughs> I, but, I thought of you as soon as they said it, too. I was like, hey, John's going to be happy. I was like, what? Like, this is such a specific, random, and just not very popular phrase or term or word of something that I happen to really, really like. <laughs> the fact that it was used right when it was, it was like that moment when you've been around somebody and you're like, I have good feelings about this person, but you know, like, I don't know where this is going to go. But then they just happen to say or do the thing at just the right moment. And you get the stars in your eyes. It was like, whoa, you're the one. <laughs> I had that moment when she said that word. <laughs> Not to mention that the cinematography changed drastically when she went into that basement and everything mm. was super bright blue, kind of like uh, your background right now, Stephen. Hey. It's got a very uh, Russian doll uh, underground drug layer look to it right now. <laughs> John Rasky's team. And uh, so I is- was like, okay, I am in. This is uh, this is the moment where it, it smoked me and I am uh, committed now. <laughs> yeah, I think y- your specific words in the text were that you were in love now. Yes, I am like totally in. 
<laughs> so what's so at this point, I'll be pretty forgiving of pretty much anything it does. I'll be looking at the show <laughs> from the rest of this point with rose-tinted glasses for sure. So what does the phrase refer to? The director. She says Jodorowsky's Dune, which is the name of that documentary that I keep telling everybody to watch, but mm-hmm. nobody listens to me. I just already know the story. I don't. It's on my list. I don't care about Dune. Why? <laughs> the, the, the story is about more than just Dune. It's about this crazy director and the making. It's about if you're into behind the scene production type stuff, this is perfect because it talks about all the work that went into it only to have it just like fall flat and nothing come of it. But still, a lot of interesting things did come out of it just in different areas or different places. Like in different this, films. Yeah, mm-hmm. like so many different films benefited from Dune, from Jodorowsky's Dune falling apart. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Alien, Alien, uh, even things like The Fifth Element, which came out several decades later, yep. mm-hmm. had elements of Jodorowsky's Dune. Uh, yeah, lots of things from even Prometheus had things from this original version of the movie. It was just so rich uh, with material and like concept art that you would still see in sci-fi for so many, many years afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it's a good thing it didn't get made at the time because given the technological constraints, it probably would be very dated by now and kind of cheesy. It'd be, it'd be awful. Let's be realistic. It would be yeah. fucking terrible. I watched Logan's Run not too long ago on Blu-ray. <laughs> some, of those, some of those scenes where it's like the city, like landscape shots, you can tell they're models with like mm-hmm. little toy cars. Yeah, so bad on Blu-ray. Like, yeah, like I'm glad we didn't have that back then. I mean, you would have had to have made that movie now, which they are technically with Danny Villeneuve. Who's the right person? I'm so excited. Yeah, from what I'm hearing about that one, it says it's mind blowing that it's uh, he's just you know hitting it out of the park as far as the visuals and the the narrative. But no, that that movie that movie would have looked like He-Man. Yeah, (laughs) or Flash Gordon or something. They could have done what Lucas does and just throw in CGI every once in a while and put it out put, on DVD again. <laughs> put Dubacks in by the Spice Man. <laughs> <laughs> add some uh, some lightsabers to the the uh, sandworms. Go ahead, add some uh, moo. <laughs> or uh, what was the Stink's character's name? I can't remember it ever, but whatever. I'm the worst about it. Not important. Anyway, um, yes, so... That moment, I just was so out of nowhere, but it just feels so specific to me that I'm like, this show gets me. So that's and the Russian doll. Is there's just a something for each and every individual of us oh, out there. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, once we start talking about quantum theory, then it will be something for me. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot to unpack there. Okay. <laughs> Uh, okay. Anything else anybody want to bring up about this episode? Um, I don't know. I, 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 I still, I'm really curious to see who theories do pan out. Um, because that that's one that was one of the most interesting things for the entire series for me. like getting to see, like, like which things actually did net out, which ones totally got tossed by the wayside. Because honestly, all of my early theories. Nothing, nothing, no, no, like n- nothing panned out. Um, that has, has have any of you guys watched Mr. Robot by any chance? Uh, I watched uh, the first and second season. 
a Those couple of episodes. Anyone needs to watch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, anything after the second season is all right. It's fine. Uh, it's like it's like Halt and Catch Fire. In um, but no, like uh, th- there's certain parts of this series that I think pair perfectly with a lot of the things that are the best parts of Mr. Robot, Maniac, and a couple other shows. Um, that I, I don't know. I just didn't see coming, and it not not in the way where it, like it's not like you don't have the information. You have all the information already. Yeah. So, no. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Episode two of uh, Russian Doll, The Great Escape, which obviously she couldn't. She <laughs> tries to get. A, she tries to check herself into Bellevue and uh, ends up crashing the ambulance. I think this is the first time we've seen her kill other people. Well, I guess we technically we don't know if the other people in the ambulance died, but yeah. if you have to assume that if she died, they died too. Although, wasn't the driver Ruth's patient? No. It did look like him. And I thought that at first, too. But it was not the same guy. They said the same line. The uh, redhead line? No. Um, something to... about my mother loves me. But it was his... He was talking to about his wife in the, the therapy session. But it was the same line that somebody else in one of the... I think they might were One they the, the same guys in characters. the in the in the in the liquor store in the bodega that maybe night? that's it because we'd maybe. heard that line before because that line is just so obnoxious yeah, mm-hmm. yeah maybe, maybe I missed it but were those guys being like incredibly sexist to her yeah yes <laughs> yeah that was really like not realistic of a scene yeah and i think that's on purpose i think that means something the fact that these these guys obviously were not acting like regular emts or medical professionals so i don't know i all the people that i know that are medical professionals aside from one of them it kind of (laughs) sucks Except for the ones that are helping out people with <laughs> in the hospitals no, right no, no. now. No, no, they all do no. an excellent job. They okay. and they yeah. all do a lot of really good work. But yes, a lot of them have very, very large egos. You yeah. kind of you have to to have that job though. Like you really have to be kind of full of yourself to be able to save lives and go through what you go through when you see it. Like no doubt, no. I'm not <laughs> saying it's. I'm not saying it's not unfounded, or I'm, and I'm not saying it's not fair. It's just is. <laughs> it's, it's a thing. Okay. But Bobby Brown, one of my one of the best people I know in all of the entire world, uh, is a medical professional, and he's a super sweetheart. And everyone should aspire to find someone as sweet and wonderful as Bobby Brown. He's great. Not the singer. <laughs> no, or the singer person, <laughs> or uh, the Stranger Things girl. <laughs> the, the, the Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay. Also. One last thing I did want to point out, uh, random cameo I noticed uh, in that bodega, the dude that's having the conversation with uh, her friend that keeps getting mad that she's interrupting, <laughs> that's uh, Buzz from Home Alone. Oh, he did look oh. familiar. Okay. What? Yes. <laughs> Interesting. I wonder if there was if there's a story there of casting him because i don't think i've seen him in anything since home alone 2 but he's, he's been in a few things it's oh, weird okay yeah 
Yeah, th- someone made a, a joke at his expense uh, at one point. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, about him not having uh, aged very well. Oh. oh. <laughs> uh, okay, so, John, where can people find you online? I am at Magic Bollocks on Twitter. Please send me your theories on the magical vagina wall door. <laughs> Wait, it's, it's, uh, You're so lucky, you, Jessica. You, oh, did are, I miss that? <laughs> you are Magic Bollocks and you want to know about Magic Vagina Door? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, it's like I am the key master. I need the gatekeeper. Oh. <laughs> Ghostbusters for the win. <laughs> Steven, where can people find you online? You can find me across all social media as uh, Peppermint Gentleman, uh, singular gentleman, uh, or Peppermint Gent for those social media things that don't allow me to have that many characters in my name. Jess? You can find me on Twitter at JM Bailey Writes. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mitchipedia, G-E-M-G-E-M, stands for Geekly Media. Elizabeth, where can they find you and the rest of Geekly Media online? Wherever you say. (laughs) 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 Because I don't remember how to say it. Geek Elite Media can be found on Twitter at Geek Elite Media, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our website, geekelitemedia.com. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to wash your geek hands. Out. Geek out. <laughs> and wash your hands. And stay inside. <laughs> This concludes our broadcast.